June Ho over here. Am I right? Did you catch that? Talk about Bong Joon Ho over here. We're at Sean's house. Yeah. Do you get it? Sean loves South Korean cinema and hates subtitles. What are subtitles? That's when there's shut up. Titles shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. You're distracting me. Oh, all you crazy cats and kittens out there in pod personal land, welcome back to Text Before Calling. I know it's been a long time, but here with me in the studio is the one, the only, Mr. Eric, the wheel man, a wheeler. Sean, will you not acknowledge the passage of time here? If you've ever seen the later uh, seasons of Dragon Ball Z, this is like the hyperbaric time chamber. Mm. Okay. Well, they know there have been imposters since your demise, so... I won't call them imposters. Mm-mm. Well, you've banished them from the, the existence. Yeah, so. pretenders to the throne, perhaps. <laughs> but w- would you call a... Let's say you're an Englishman. Would you call I'm a, an Englishman. Hi, Englishman. I'm dad. <laughs> would you Would you say that the the sitting Saxon lord is an imposter? You'd say he's a pretender. Same difference. But no one thinks he's actually an Englishman. I don't know that an Middle Easterns were Middle Middle Easterns, Middle uh, Middle Earthers, Middle I mean, Timers. On the, mid, on the map mid, at the time, Germany mid, probably was the Middle East. The, what do you What do you call that time? The Britons. The, the the Middle The Middle Ages. I'm sure the Middle the Ages old days. weren't uh, too hepped up on semantics. Is where I was going with that. But, I, uh, I think they were. You, you think Anyone they were? who was literate in the Middle Ages had nothing to do but argue about semantics. But they were, they copied books by hand. Yeah, but they were like creative with spelling and they rules. were. Not didn't really exist, and like, uh, also I don't joining think cr- us today is Mr. Hold Joseph on. Bonnier. Hi. Hi. I don't think creativity, as we understand it today, existed in the 1300s. Because the human brain has only been in existence for the last hundred years. No, I mean, because people died when they were cool. 35, and they toiled until death. Yeah, but there were there was boredom. There was you, you, you know, you procreated if you were lucky. You ate and you died. Well, that's part of the reason that there, there wasn't a lot of progress until, you know, fairly recently. But I think that there definitely were people that were pondering these things. There were stories. What was the first novel, Joey? Novel? Yeah, novel. Zero. Let's say 1700. No, no. What was the first novel? I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I just took a random game. I'm just trying to think in terms of creativity. You have oral storytellers. You got your Beowulfs. You got your... Uh, I'll do, it, I'll do it. I think uh, Beowulf sounds right, like Beowulf, and then that's a story. And, like it's like an epic. Chaucer, all right, but that wasn't really a novel. It's not. No, it's just a bunch. It's a bunch of anecdotes. Isn't that supposedly what? when I Google it, the tale of Genji? Okay, and Zendaya is Genji. No, that's a great joke if you know what I'm talking about. Too deep of a reference for the too deep of a reference. Too deep of a Joey. reference. Joey, I don't get it. Okay. I'm sorry. I feel like that was a layup there. Yeah. yeah. We just wanted you to chant with Bump us. Sets, wow. We just wanted you to chant. Upset SWAT? Is that? Yeah. We just wanted Jesus you to Christ. chant. I thought, I, you were given a chance to, to be, be the, part of the game. You're supposed to be the only fan. You are you, you, our only oh. patron and Patreon. Is that what and- OnlyFans means? <laughs> when you just have one fan? Should I set up an OnlyFans account just for Joey? Uh, no, that's just our text messages. <laughs> I don't think I'm your only fan. I'm on a set an OnlyFans account, but Joey's the only one who can subscribe. Mm. That sounds great. Do you know what OnlyFans is? I don't. So OnlyFans, a very 
sexist but kind of funny joke people keep making is that the Tulsi Gabbard campaign is going to end in an OnlyFans campaign. Hmm. OnlyFans account. It's basically um it's for like, you know, sexy ladies primarily. There are dudes who do it too, but uh-huh. it's like premium content I for see. people who subscribe. It's like cam girl stuff. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Pictures, it's like, videos, everything. I mean, something like Cameo would be, I guess, like a, an a la carte version of that. Oh, okay. Is uh, it called Cameo? Yeah. It is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Anyone yeah. will do you, a voiceover yeah, for you. Yeah, you pay Scaramucci like 50 bucks and they'll say happy birthday. <laughs> totally. Uh, which we might want to start investing wow, in. Wow, that's a good, We should do that. They will say literally anything. Mostly, yeah. No, wow. really. Yeah. No, I mean, well, you can't say, like, I'm Anthony Scaramucci, I eat dog shit, but you can get him to say silly stuff. We should have well, there him was, do, there uh, were those uh, two Nigerian fellows that got into quite a bit of trouble for some anti-Semitic things and whatnot. So, like, there are some limitations that have been put on as far as I don't know. Be- wait, do they know it was anti-Semitic? Because um, what I'm saying, you can trick arguable, people. But yeah. it was, you know, they, they were literally just uh, doing thousands a day and just, you know, anything anyone sent them, they would do. And so some people thought it would be funny wow. to have them I never thought there'd be other- a dark side to the gig economy exactly yeah. so let me i'm gonna throw out a phrase here for you sean mm-hmm. i just want you to respond free associative yeah or just tell me what you think mm-hmm. didn't search your feelings for this one if i were to say this phrase to you how would you respond if i were to say hey sean tankies for the memories tankies for the memories um i immediately go to like uh, tankies for the memories sean. yeah i i uh it is a combination of like some 80s movie starring tom hanks in a tank top like jumping around big style joey <laughs> i mean i can't top that <laughs> no what do you think if i if i just saw you hadn't seen you for a while we catch up and then we're departing i say all right tankies for the memories I would think that's a cute little phrase, and I would I would laugh at it. Now, do you guys know what tankies are? Yes. Tank tops? I want you to... Wait, hold on. I want you to guess what you think tankies are. I just said it. Tank no. tops. So tanky, I'll give you a hint. It's a pejorative. It's an insult with a political nature. Whoa. Of a political nature. Really? I, I use this all the time. I'm, I know you do, but I want... I want so like, if I were like a think tanker? Like a fucking... That's not a bad guess, actually, surprisingly. But uh, no. Oh, Joey, okay. you want to fill them in? Yeah, it's... um. And it's actually, I don't know if there's a strict definition. There is. Is there really? Okay. There, and actually, I had to look this up because I wasn't, I see people <laughs> on Twitter calling each other tankies all the time. Huh. Okay. I would say a modern supporter of old school Soviet communism, but not just Soviet, any style of communism. Am I right there? Uh, you're on the right track. So let me read you the Wiktionary entry. This is like a pinko? A member, <laughs> I mean, this, is, this is yeah. extremely specific, which is why it's an excellent insult and very mm. funny to me. A member of the Communist Party of Great Britain who supported the Soviet Union's policy of crushing revolts in Hungary in the 1950s and Czechoslovakia in the 1960s by sending army tanks, tanks into these countries. So basically someone who supports communists uh, by way, supports Forceful. authoritarian yeah. um, repression of anti-communist forces in favor of communism with the belief being that ultimately communism will be better for these people. So it's okay to crush the dissidents. So this is making a comeback or like trending or no, I think it's sort of like a variation of neoliberal is the way it's been used as an insult. Oh, Basically okay. people were like, Oh, we should, you know, I mean for America, I guess the reference would go back to like, you gotta, you know, destroy the village to save it. What's so the phrase? It's not a term in the village de- to save it. Sure. From Vietnam. Anyway, yeah. the idea is that like we have to go into Iraq and kill millions of people because ultimately this will be good for them. Right, but it's being used as a projected insult. It's not a term of it. No, not at all. The- and again, because it's kind of cutesy, it's funny that yeah, it's yeah. just a pure insult. Mm. 
I have been fascinated by this phrase, and now I know. And it's better. Honestly, the definition was better than I thought it would be. That's strangely specific and um, ultra specific, and actually really validating in some way. I, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from on that. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of juice to that. I didn't know where that was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> the longest time, I always thought it was because of the tank in Tiananmen Square. I thought it was because of that um, guy. But that I'm makes wrong. Sense too. I'm, uh, yeah, that's it's the same. Well, concept, okay. Though, so really. second one. <laughs> Parentheses, communism slang derogatory. A person supportive of the policies of the Soviet Union are other authoritarian socialist governments. So I think it's probably oh, it is. Yeah, expanded, I, yeah. but that's yeah, not you, the I first use, definition. Well, people use it online for supporting sort of China as well as Soviet stuff. And well, I mean, tanks are very rarely used for joyful purposes. So, well, okay. <laughs> okay, I'll accept yeah, they, that. Or even that. for humanitarian purposes. Yeah, they yeah. don't typically call them the FEMA tanks. Yeah, yeah, true. That's true. Uh, yeah. This baby uh, is suffering from measles. Let's get the tank in here. We're going to blast have, away um, the bad germs. They do have ambulance tanks. Ambulance tanks? Yeah. Oh, like taking bodies out of war zones sort yeah. of thing? That makes sense, but that's not. That's just an ambulance with tracks on it. That's not a and tank. Armor. Sweet, sweet armor. Is it, what, does, it have to have, does it have to have offense to be a tank? No, or is it just an armored vehicle? No, a tank. I mean, the I tank actually, portion of it to me refers to defensive specifications. D- defense only. So a, a so something that's uh, built kill, like a tank. Killdozer. Say- Killdozer was a tank. Remind me who Killdozer is. Killdozer was that gentleman in Texas that uh, was angry at his local government, so he purchased himself a bulldozer and oh, clad God. it with iron. And- I thought you were talking about the Black Panther villain. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Killmonger, that's his name. I was like, Killdozer? Why does this sound familiar? <laughs> and then I thought maybe you were talking about uh, Bebop and Rocksteady from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so what was this? He got a thing and did a what? He basically got a bulldozer and put a bunch of uh, giant pieces of metal around it and armor clad it and run it through a city hall while the cops were shooting at him. This was a Parks and Rec episode? Basically, yeah. Like 20 years before the show started, but yeah. Uh, sorry, what was the point of this? He was angry at the government. Well, everyone's angry at the government. Yeah, and he did something about and it. And what happened to him? I think he went to jail or something, but he survived. Like, he well, of course he tank. survived. He was in a tank. Was it a tank, though? That was my question. What's the definition of a tank? There's no fucking, you know. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my definition. Mm-hmm. What is, was Noah's Ark a tank? I say yes. <laughs> it, it was it, built to withstand the greatest natural disaster in history. That's true. That's like an ultra tank. Didn't but really go. Was on Noah land. the first tanky? It's, it, it was. It's a. Bo- it's a. <laughs> Just think about this. Look. Uh... Third definition: a soldier from a tank regiment. Okay, so that to me, <laughs> Noah is tanky number one. Right? Uh, Do I hear any dissenting opinions? All right, second, let's move well, on. Second, the, the, let's move on. Let's the, move on. The interweb says that a tank is a heavy armored fighting vehicle carrying guns and moving on a continuous articulated metal track. So guns do seem to be part of the definition. This sounds like a train. Well, yeah, of course you have a gun, but I'm saying you can have a little dinky thing. It doesn't have to necessarily, by this definition, be a certain caliber gun. No, but it does have to be attached to the unit. And I'm assuming that the tanks that are carrying the bodies out of the war zone don't have anything attached to them. The gentleman Why are you on, assuming this? That's just, you know, how usually you design wep- or things that are, you Well, know, you don't usually design an ambulance to be a tank. Right, but if you're going to paint the red cross on something, I don't think it can be armored by like Geneva Convention. So, yeah. let me ask you a question. By Geneva Convention, are you supposed to drone strike hospitals? Cuz well, we do that. 
Oh, we supposed to drone strike uh, Red Cross people because we do that. Thanks, Obama. Israel does that. Yeah. Other people do that. We've. I mean, it's nothing new, though. Sure. Like, Isn't it cool that there's no consequences to that? Very much so. Well, I mean, people are at least starting to pay attention now that fucking Trump's doing it. So, you know, if he does it, Oh, people pay attention when Obama did it. That is literally, I think I've, I'm sure I've said this. That's the only thing that people like kind of ragged on him for. the reason I did not vote for him in 2012 was because the drone strike stuff. I did not. Wow. Who did you vote for? (laughs) Jill Stein. (laughs) This was before I knew she was crazy. She was on the Green Party. I said, ah, that's fine. We have you on audio recording, like gushing over Jill Stein. Don't make faces over there. (laughs) That's a different type of. Oh, you just wanted to bang her, but you wouldn't vote for her. (laughs) Wait, do we have Jill Stein thirst? Yeah, that was. This was a few years ago. I understand. Like, (laughs) because she was so much younger then. (laughs) Well, hmm. Okay. She was a little more vivacious. All right, whatever. I just said she was a good-looking older woman. That's all I said. Yeah, I mean, I think like Marianne Williamson's good-looking. I think, I think Jill better. Stein's better-looking than Marianne Williamson. See, I disagree. Joey's just got a gilf thing. So. I do not. A gill? Gilf. Oh, God. I thought you meant like shape of water, like gills. Oh, Jesus. I was like, is she... Uh, is she from a black lagoon? Uh, did you see that Amazon show? What is it? The, the the boys? Oh, man, that's... Yeah. No, but this sounds like you just made it up. No. I want to say one thing and then mm. move on to something different. Yeah. One thing. We can all agree. Dudes rock. Stop that. No. So, moving on. <laughs> Sean. Yeah. Oscars. You got any thoughts? Uh, yeah. What the fuck is with uh, 1917 getting best screenplay? Um, there's a lot of good Funny. things about that movie, but the screenplay is fucking. It also not got best editing. Uh, <laughs> Come that's, on. that's really funny. Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, uh, okay. It's conceptual humor. <laughs> yeah, it's. I haven't seen this movie. Oh, really? No. Uh, oh, okay. It looks yeah. like a fucking homework it, it, movie. Is, it's a home. It's not even. It's just a video game. There's nothing yeah. to it. That's Wish not it even homework. homework. Yeah. Is yeah. it true that we every it was homework movie? That it feels like uh, you see the famous British actors at the end of every level, like yeah. the bosses at yeah, the end yeah. of every level, and only one <laughs> of them is entertaining. Which one? Who was the dude in the middle? That, I don't know. There's like some fe- random dude that's like funny and has a really good scene. Let's and then say, everything else is boring who as was, fuck. Who was the sweaty pedophile guy? Prince Andrew? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it Prince Andrew? <laughs> Might as well have been. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Let's say yes. Yes, say yeah. yes. That guy, was, <laughs> that guy was pure entertainment on my TV. Yeah. Apparently, you were really excited about the Little Woman nods, though. That's a good movie. Well, wow, here's the other weird thing. So it's the best picture. There's a best performance. It's the best screenplay. But no best director. Orbiting around, uh, I guess, whoever it was that happened to direct it. Who, who, who can say? Meanwhile, whatever you think of the movie, Todd Phillips doing basically a fan film of two movies. King of Comedy, Taxi Driver. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Smushed together. It's like something you'd see on someone's locked Vimeo page. And this is best directing. Um, it's the most superficial, like this is surface level what these Scorsese movies look like. Period. Just devoid of meaning. Devoid of any insight. That's best directing. I understand performance. I love Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's the best working actor in America, possibly the world. Not my favorite performance of his, but that, uh, whatever. But the movie, it's, even if you liked it, it's a very shallow thing. There's not a lot of wheels turning in this brain. 
So I will say that the first time I went and saw Joker, I the was, first time, mm-hmm, I was very pre- pleasantly surprised. I expected it to be, you know, hot garbage, and um, you know, it, I thought it was really well done and really entertaining, and I gave it a a very strong positive review. Uh, I saw it again probably a month ago, and you know, I definitely started to see what the other side was talking about. Um, not necessarily the, um, uh, the incel sort of, you know, hatred shit, but the just kind of absence of things. So there's like a lot of, you know, setup and allusion to things. And it's got this like feeling of deepness without actually being deep or actually having something there to show us or to reveal. And then it doesn't even really commit to actually being part of canon or anything like that. So it's just oh, yeah, kind it's of fucking like, stupid. Yeah, it does just kind of like skim past like everything. And I don't know, it has this like, uh, it's still not a bad movie and I still enjoyed it. But Disagree. on second viewing, I, did, I definitely didn't think it was as great as I thought it was the first time. Well, I will say, even if you want to just approach it from like a Funko Pop nerd standpoint, mm. the Joker, the the famous clown who fights Batman, he's renowned for his intellect and his plotting and his scheming. And this is a guy who can't even string two words together. Mm -hmm. He's a bumbling idiot. Looks like he's about to trip over his own feet. And you're telling me he's the clown prince of crime. It's just, it doesn't, there's no way it's like whenever, who is that guy that played Han Solo in the thing? Uh, Uh, The young Han Solo. You look at him, you're like, the performance is fine, but never for a, Fucking second, you believe this guy becomes Han Solo. Never do you believe that Joaquin Phoenix becomes any version of the Joker. Like, it's just a different guy. He's like barely, he's a functional illiterate. Well, that is possibly part of the intention that, like, you know, there's allusions to the, to the idea that this isn't even the Joker. Like, then show is, me the that guy's movie. Exactly. Yeah, that's. I understand kind of, the reason it was. I mean, the whole movie, the whole premise of the movie or the background, I guess I should say, is so breathtakingly cynical. I guess to the filmmaker's credit, to a degree, because Todd Phillips has been very open about how he had the script, pitched it around, no one would give him funding for it. Like, I don't know what it cost, like forty million dollars. No one funded like it. It was just yeah. a drama. And then he was like, what if we call him the Joker? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, good, done. Hmm. Yeah. So I get, I mean, you know, that's a, a bit of ingenuity, I suppose. But even then, the treatment of the thing, like you have this churning cello score and well, the production design, you have this, you know, hyper thin, um, uh, pers- not for what am I trying to say here? What's in focus? What's out of focus? Oh, uh, depth of field. Depth of field. Um, you know, these very artsy touches to it. Mm. But in the character, they don't give him one or two or three. They give him like six mental illnesses mm-hmm. and they give him like five major traumas. Mm-hmm. And at some point you just have to start laughing. Mm-hmm. But the movie is so dead serious that it doesn't seem to have any awareness of the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. Like he says, he calls someone a clown and the next day... News reporters are like, uh, a new political movement calling people clowns? Well, the, Has the game changed? There is the one scene. Should we kill rich people? There's the scene in his apartment where he is with the, the little person and the other fat guy that comes over and oh, he beats God. the fuck out of the fat guy. To me, that's like the comedic element and the sort of well, like someone nod point, to. Sorry. Um, someone pointed out that Todd Phillips casted a real or cast a real dwarf. Yeah. I always criticize people for saying that. <laughs> cast. 
an actual dwarf just to have a short person joke in the movie. That's the entire reason this guy was in the film, so that he could do this little joke at the end where he has to ask Joaquin Phoenix to let him out of the apartment. That's his only function in the film. So you wanted someone to like fucking dwarf on golf it? Uh, no, Tim I mean, Conway and I mean, why, you could just write a real character. <laughs> He's just like, you know, fourth banana until everyone else gets killed. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, the, the rules Peter Dinklage always talks about turning down. Like, sure. I mean, Roles. They're like, it's about the size of the character, Yeah, but right. it's, it's also, you know, a fucking action figure movie, like a comic book movie. Like, uh, to me, the, yeah, but we've had friggin' 4,000 of these by now. Yeah. But to me, like the first time I saw it, the, the thing that really struck me was this was kind of what we were promised when Disney bought star Wars in that we would start to get, they also made bad movies. (laughs) Exactly. But I mean, I mean that we would start to get these sort of genre movies and like, you know, different sort of takes and looks like within this universe, they never really gave that to us. They tried a couple of times but not really heavy and sorry go ahead but to me that was kind of the nice thing about this is like you know uh trying to take this universe that is very sort of ingrained and you know find something in it find something to to tell us from a slightly different perspective have you seen king of comedy i haven't actually okay yeah yeah i understand have you seen it okay i know you probably think i have a tendency uh, to hyperbole but it's literally that movie and Taxi Driver. That yeah. is the entire movie. There is no further depth, insight, commentary, yeah. nothing. It's just a guy who said, I like these movies. It's like a student film. The I guess the defense I have of that is 99% of people today aren't going to go back and watch those movies. So remaking that in a fairly decent movie. Oh, no, no. Is... My, my problem isn't even with the people who like it. Whatever. You, you, you like the bad movie. Everyone likes bad movies. That's not the problem. The problem to me is Todd Phillips thinking he's a genius or thinking he is some sort of, like, this is some kind of artistic breakthrough for him. Oh, I, I'm unfamiliar with him as a person I or his perception of himself. Um, I, I never got the impression that he thought I've always like, gotten the impression that he thinks he's better than pretty much every film he's ever made. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Eric, do you think you're being a bit unfair to the idea of mixing two styles? Like it, that's not too. Not, this is my point. Not it's not two, styles, two styles. Two movies, but for instance, Star it's Wars two is a movies by the same guy movies. that came out within a few years of each other. They're stylistically not that different. Fair enough. That's a good point. But I was sorry. Go- what were we gonna say though? Well, I was gonna try to compare it to a, a Tarantino or even original Star Wars. It's like if someone, let's say that I made a movie about Aquaman and it blended Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. That's basically what he did. The idea that it's the same director is very... That's it's been telling. funny watching him in director roundtables with Martin Scorsese during the awards season. <laughs> really? What does Scorsese say? He's like, hi, kid. Does he talk, does he talk about his response? Has anyone asked him what he thinks about Joker? Yeah. Someone, well, someone asked him if he saw it, and he had the best possible response. Because hmm. everyone keeps telling him that, you know, hey, it's just like your movie. And he was like, uh, I saw a few clips of it. It's fine. <laughs> he was like I, oh it was like i saw a few clips of it i don't need to watch the whole thing it's fine yeah so that well, to me is like the ultimate dismissal of like that's awful. well he was also saying but was, it's his own shit why should he watch it he's got stuff to do and, but he was also the one saying that uh the superhero movies were roller coasters wasn't he yeah and he also had a great response to that where he was talking about marvel specifically and then someone was like marvel movies and he was like well i want to clarify i mean all superhero movies <laughs> awesome yeah and then it also came out that the whole reason when this beef kicked off, 
he had been talking to Bob or he'd been trying to get a meeting with Bob Iger about uh, preserving um, older Fox titles. Now that mm-hmm. Disney owns all the Fox titles, yeah. and film preservation is like his number one cause mm-hmm. right now. And it has been forever since he's had power and influence. Yeah. Um, and Bob Iger basically wasn't returning his calls. <laughs> and then the cynical take would be that he kind of kicked up shit. And then Bob Iger's like, let's have a meeting about uh, Marvel. And he was like, okay, Bob. <laughs> gotcha. So that's how you get the mouse's attention by fucking throwing dirt in their eye. I guess. I mean, it, it struck me as exceedingly pathetic that a man who's a CEO of the most successful media f- company in the world in history, probably mm-hmm. these movies have made more money than God. Mm-hmm. They get like 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. They get Academy Awards. And there's one old <laughs> Italian man who said something mildly critical of them. And he was like, this is unacceptable. More. Everyone, you must bow before us. That's just crazy to me. That's- it wasn't like oh, different opinions. He's like, no, he should watch them. And then his mind would change. Yeah. Like, no. you need to sit down and watch, you know, Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> Martin Scorsese, the guy who's seen the red shoes 800 times. Thor Ragnarok's really going to blow your lid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, the, the, he is wrong about that. Bob the, Iger? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Scorsese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, to me, that, that classification is just a kind of pretentious concept in and of itself. Um, I, you know, to me, movies and film and cinema, it's all the same thing. But if you do want to sort of, sort of break things down, I would certainly agree that the, you know, Marvel movies are way more roller coasters than they are classic cinema. Oh, definitely. And I like some of those movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the shit I enjoy the most. A ton of classic cinema that is a roller coaster film. Sure. Like, I mean, that that was a. Uh, I was reading a book. Do uh, you know who Jay Hoberman is? Either one of you guys? Jay Hoberman? Sorry, no. Yeah, he's a film critic. Um, so he wrote a book. He tends to write about film and culture. So he wrote about like um, by decades. So he's written a book about film culture in the 60s, 70s, 80s. So his most recent one was about the 80s, uh, about Reagan and the movies that came out then. Um, and he had a quote from George Lucas where he literally says, my movies are closer to roller coasters than to novels or plays. <laughs> and he was just saying this as a matter of fact, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, there, I, you know, obviously he puts a lot of care and attention into crafting them, right. but he doesn't think he's making, you know, Madame Bovary. Yeah. Like, First you know, of all, roller coasters are awesome. So totally. what, how is that an insult? It's not. Well, to some people it is. I know, but I, to some people who, who stupid. consider, you know, Black Panther or Civil War to be the peak of hundred years of cinema, it would be an insult to tell them that this is really just a you know well-made kids movie. It's insulting. Yeah, because there was another quote really funny where he was like, he did a lot, as you can probably tell, he did a lot of hiding behind Black Panther for certain cultural reasons. Where Who's he was, this? Bob Iger. Okay. He was like, are you, the quote was something like, Mr. Scorsese, are you telling me that what, uh, who's the guy that did Black Panther, the director? Don't remember. Ryan Coogler. Are you telling me that what Ryan Coogler did with Black Panther is somehow less than The Godfather or whatever, whatever? And people were like, yes, it's <laughs> exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> but you think someone, you think like liberal people aren't going to criticize it because the film, the director is a black guy, but it's like, yeah. you, this is not even comparable. Without a doubt. Yes. Yeah. There are other black directors who have made movies far better than Black Panther. True. Ryan yeah. Coogler's made better. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> For example, <laughs> I think he would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, Rise of Skywalker, oh. nomination for Best Original Score. We were chatting about this earlier. Jesus. Listen, I think John Williams deserves a little curtain call. <laughs> Give him a little thank you award. Yeah, this wasn't his best That's work. That's a treat. 
Whatever. Give him a little parting gift. He's already well, got like four of them from this shit, though. I know. So I don't know if you guys have been following this. Uh, the behind the scenes drama and the Reddit threads and everything about no. Rise of Skywalker have been a joy to behold. <laughs> oh, Someday, at some point, someone's going to write a real book about the making of this movie. And it's going to be amazing. True. That's true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause right now they're, they're already slinging the mud about, yeah, you know, yeah, what yeah. was JJ's idea? What was Disney's idea? Here's where it all went wrong. But one thing that seems. And then blaming rain. <laughs> one, you say rain? Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know why. Yeah, what is this thing? Is what, it boomer humor? Is this is this his? Is this your joke? Or is you this see, because Ryan Johnson, director of Last Jedi, he spells his name R I A N. So if you rearrange those letters in Sean's mild dyslexia, <laughs> you get Rain Johnson. It's like the Book of Secrets. There you go. <laughs> What's the Book of Secrets? <laughs> <decoded>. National <laughs> Treasures. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Sean's decoded the, the, the yeah, it's like, of independence. <laughs> yep, it's like you switch it. Like a six becomes a nine. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. So, uh, oh, so before this movie came out, John Williams gave this quote where he said he was going to be using every single major cue in Star Wars history. <laughs> I'm going to reuse all the shit I already wrote. <laughs> yeah, because that was the idea. Like, we're, we're, yeah. we're wrapping it up. Uh, the Skywalker saga, which no one has referred to it as until three months ago. <laughs> What's the Palpatine so saga? True. Yeah, true. Unfortunately. It really is. He's the main character. <laughs> Which fucking sucks. Um, so uh, so he was like, I'm going to do all of it. So it's like Duel of the Fates, uh, you know, pre- big prequel themes and o- OT themes and Ray's theme and whatever else. So every big recognizable thing's going to be in the movie. And the movie came out and people who are much more knowledgeable about this than I am were like, I didn't hear any of this shit. Like it was just the main fan. F- it was like fourth... Force Awakens. It was just the same mm-hmm. three or four themes yeah. over and over and over and over and force over. Theme, force theme, and people were like, theme. huh, I thought there's going to be a variety of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And the rumor is that he wrote this beautiful score <laughs> and it all got thrown out and it all got, they, it was all in the scene they threw they in temp tracks <laughs> and they basically had to leave them in there because uh, they were rushing the movie. Totally. That makes sense, actually. Because yeah. they had four less months on this than Force Awakens. Well, they should have done with Cat, what Cats did and re-released it after it was out. They should have just waited a year. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, they should have. It should have been three years between all these instead of two years. Yeah. That was because it feels like people like, oh, end of an era. I'm like, oh, it feels like that kind of just started. Yeah. I don't really. Yeah. Like, I I still don't feel like I ever got to know or care about any of those characters, like Ray and Finn and Poe. Like, I forget that Poe's even I would in say, these movies. Like, I would say Finn so got the the raw steel of the three yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have this, I've never been one of those storm, like inner life of stormtroopers guys, Mm. but if you're going to go down that path, you might as well explore it. And this movie, you guys have seen it, right? Yeah. So at the end, when he's talking to that that lady, she's like, I'm a stormtrooper. I was a stormtrooper. He's like, me too. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, right. I totally forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Because nothing about what you do or say gives any indication of your history. And then they had the exact same backstory and, you know, nothing is different. It's like everything reverts to the beginning of the seventh movie their first movie it's all ad hoc i mean poe yeah. is supposed to be killed and they and they, sh- they kept him it's funny that this these things were made to like fix the mistakes essentially of the prequels but also of the original trilogy and one of the big mistakes was not killing han solo in return of the jedi and they do the exact same thing with the han solo I character I yeah. that's so ironic yeah 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 I just not planned out. Why don't they plan shit? I don't get it. If you have so much money, you have so much time. Well, there's you, no reason to rush it. Because you have to have an idea of where it's going and what it means and what you're trying to say. Why can't they take the time to do that? 
Or hire because, because they're all terrified of fans. Because once you have an opinion, once you say what something definitively means, yeah. then people will disagree with it or right, say, right, right, "Well, right. that's not what I imagine Luke doing. That's not what I imagined, uh, you know, Han Solo doing." Yeah. It's like they're trying to be politicians. That's- well, they just they won't make a decision because it's not going to please everyone. Yeah. And you know, maybe they've learned that that's impossible anyway. So make whatever movie. That's impossible. And the 10-year-olds are going to love it. And 20 years from now, they'll be yelling at everyone on Twitter about how it's great. Well, I mean, is um, something that was brought to my attention again recently is we do have to remember that like... I imagine AIDS whispering in Sean's ear. Yeah, yeah. You got a little... Yeah. Uh, we do have to remember that shitting on Star Wars is a national pastime. Like even the original, like, you know, half the fun of the old Kevin Smith movies was like, you know, shitting on plot holes in the original Star Wars. It is just something that like that's the not fans true. have embraced. Like, I don't think it was always. No, if I, you remember, you guys might not know this, but um war veterans, World War II veterans went to Star Wars and they cried and they uh donated a, their medals to the the managers. I'm talking managers. about my lifetime. Oh, <laughs> same nonsense. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, the, you know, the, the fan backlash is part of the embracing of this fandom. Like that is part of their identity. They should as embrace a it. They should embrace exactly, the controversy yeah. more instead of being well, so fucking afraid of it. It's, but well, it's Disney. I mean, they can't, they have no concept. Again, at the end of the day, it's Disney. Papa George has the best approach, which yeah. is that he doesn't care what fans think. Totally. If you tell him you love it. <laughs> he doesn't just doesn't care. He fucked the fans. He says. Well, I think he's annoyed about fans, you know, harassing cast members and telling yeah. him that he ruined their life and he raped their childhood. Like, that's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, he has weirdly the most healthy approach and relationship of anyone to Star Wars, mm-hmm. where he's just like, it's the movies, you know, it's what I wanted to say at the time, it's what I was interested in, made him, moved on. <laughs> like, if I'm going to do a new one, we'll do some new shit. Yeah. He is the least sentimental about it. Yeah. I will say, cashing out at the top is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. You know? No, I, what I'll say is that George Lucas selling his... George Lucas getting paid $4 billion by Disney and then calling them white slavers the next year. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> hot, George. Too hot. Yeah, that's some good shit. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, Gervais went after everyone recently. He uh, went after Apple and Disney and everyone for all Yeah, their- but what else does he have going on? Gervais? Yeah. Well, he's... That's he, his whole shtick, though. Yeah, yeah. That George Lucas' shtick is not calling people white flavors. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm even uncomfortable when you say that. It's yeah. okay, but... Papa George, I stand with you. What? Uh. I'm saying he is not... Uh, he's not explicitly provocative the way that Ricky yeah, Gervais yeah, is. certainly. Although, even in the 70s, you know, when people talked to him about Star Wars, he was like, yeah, it's a political film. The good guys are the Viet Cong, the bad guys are the U.S. Army. Yeah, I mean, it was... And that was the most successful movie ever. Right, and I mean, that was a very specifically political moment But this was 1977. Like, yeah. Prequels will show. Prequels, prequels had a lot of Iraq War stuff. Yeah, and... Yeah, and but, again, he was explicit <laughs> about that. But those were not as popular. <laughs> because that was uh, fucking trade negotiations and not like the actual... This I is mean, how liberty dies. Exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, She's not wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea that that stuff exists in the universe, but I every really time, don't want to watch C-SPAN of Star Wars. What's I do. What's the thing? <laughs> we know. AUMF. We fucking know. Yeah. The authorization yeah. So every for military time, force. Yeah. You have uh, Adam Schiff and all these mm. bozos being like, oh, you know, uh, uh, Trump is going out there. He's endangering the world. And we have a unstable president. And then they vote to extend this thing yeah. and give him, you know, ultimate power to go. Uh, yep. Jar Jar Bings proposed the stupid fucking legislation. Basically. 
Adam Thanks, Schiff is Jar Jar Binks. Binks. Yeah, I mean, what's the difference? Wasn't there one person, I think it was Barbara Lee, is the only person in Congress who voted against the original AUMF? No. And she's still in yeah, Congress today? Yeah, that's true. But people keep voting to extend it. Yeah. They're like, this is a problem. And especially then they vote what, for especially it. Especially when we know the presidents abuse it. Or yeah. they go, oh yeah, uh, President Trump's out there. He's going to cause World War Three. Would you like $50 billion more dollars for your military? I mean, that was my only hope for when Trump got elected was that, you know, people would realize that. But look who he surrounds himself in, with. Well, I mean, if this, the president has been gaining in gaining power in the last, you know, half century or so that has, you know, just been unchecked. Yeah, but and, a president typically has like a 10 minute attention span, at least. You're saying his is more? Less. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Typically, they have like their own perspective on shit. Yeah, yeah. No, he's just going to follow the numbers. He's just like pin the tail on the donkey. They yeah. spin him around. They say, here's a bad guy, Venezuela. Here's the bad guy, Iran. The salami guy? Venezuela? No, Iran. Iran is the salami guy? The guy he just killed. Oh, you mean the world's number one terrorist that everyone knew about and was talking about a month ago? Exactly. Yeah, salami. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy that... I, I don't know if we had a single episode where we didn't discuss salami. Yeah. This very famous... <laughs> Very famous uh, international bad guy. Yeah, he had to go. I mean, I, mean, I remember during the 2016 debates when they were going back and forth about who was going to take out salami well, was, first. I mean, it was emails, 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 salami emails. Yeah. yeah. How funny is that the military gave Trump three options and they didn't think he would take the craziest one? You know, I've heard, I've already heard multiple. I mean, like every other story. Don't, have you ever met Donald Trump? Like. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you know Donald Trump? It's well, like, like everything that happens with him, I've heard like three different versions of the story. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. one is that the military, this seems like it was, the story was given by people covering their ass. Like, oh, we gave him all these options. And he picked the crazy one. We couldn't yeah, believe yeah. it. You're right. That does sound The other yeah. one is that, <laughs> that the military wanted to do this yeah. and basically talked him into it. And what seems most likely to me of the version that I've read is that this was, I guess, uh, a personal mission of Mike Pompeo's mm. for years to kill this specific person. Yeah. What, and so he's been like basically lobbying him for the last two years. Like you should kill, let's call him Salami. You should kill Salami. You should kill Salami. You should kill Salami. And he was like, you know what? Sure. He's, he's at a civilian airport in a neutral country. Let's get him. Well, that that's the, the one of the versions I had heard was that this was basically authorized like eight months ago and they've just been waiting. And this was just the opportunity they had to take him. <laughs> but out. you know, Iraq invited him. Yeah. To come talk about like de-escalation. Well, that's how we knew he was going to be there. <laughs> Someone's pointing out it's like if uh, you know if France drone striked uh, Mike Pompeo in Mexico or something. That's like the equivalent of what it would be for us. Do they have a base in Mexico? Uh, France. Yeah, they did. What two hundred years ago? <laughs> yeah, they're still collecting their taxes from their colonies. Don't worry, Sean. Mm, okay. Imperialism is still alive. Speaking of imperialism, Sean, I'd like Uh-oh. you to do something for me oh, and for the listeners. Fucking fuck. So this is going to be good. So all you need to do to the best of your ability is mm. read this poem. Oh, fucking okay? Christ. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm my testicles out. All right, here we go. <laughs> Sean's getting his tiny little glasses out. He's rubbing them on Deuce his shirt. Rock. All right, this is the poem, If... By Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard Kipling. Red Fox Kipling. If, if you can keep your head when you, when all about, are, oh, 
There we go. Yeah. I'm not a good reader. I don't know why you give me this shit. Um, into the mic, please. Sorry, sir. If you can keep your head yeah, do it like that. all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated, don't give away don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knives to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one of the pitch and toss, one turn of pitch and toss, the fuck, and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they're gone, they are gone. And so hold on when there is nothing in you except will, which, which. The will which. Oh, except the, really? You have this memorized? Except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can, talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor living friend can hurt you, if all men court with you, but none too much. If you feel the unforgiving minuteness, Minute? Minute? Minute. Minute. If you feel... Minuet. <laughs> if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's now in it. Now look at Joey. And which is more? You'll be a man, my son. Just remember to text before A round of applause for Sean. Yay. I read I can read. I'm a reader. I thought you were uh, selling me some stamps with that cadence there. You like that? No. Yeah. All right. So real quick, <laughs> end of the episode uh-huh. on three, we're all going to say the famous TBC catchphrase. Ready? Oh. One, two, three. Dude rocks. What did you?